Good morning. It's as always great to see you guys again. Um, I I love being here. It's you guys are great. It's the smoothest introduction I have. Um, our scripture this morning is from Psalm 23. If you didn't guess, sorry. Pay more attention. Uh, Psalm 23 this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is probably not a more well-known passage of scripture, period. Uh, Even for those who aren't Christians or didn't grow up in a Christian home, If you've spent more than five seconds in a Hobby Lobby, you've probably seen a snippet of this psalm. You've seen the wall art, possibly with a little lamb on it and beside the in the meadow with beside the stream. And 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 we often hear this psalm at at deathbeds or at funeral services to comfort those who are nearing death or to comfort their grieving families, because we have the the valley of the shadow of death here. But this passage is not just for the end of life, but it is a beautiful picture of the whole of the Christian life. What we see this morning is that Christ, the good shepherd, leads us through all of life. My goal this morning is to show us how Christ shepherds us in four parts. First, he cares for us. Second, he leads us in paths of righteousness. Second, he, or third, excuse me, he defends us. And finally, he fellowships with us. But to see this, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Father, we come again, a tired and weary people, again from this week to your day of rest and your day of word and your means of grace. You are the good shepherd of our souls. So feed us now by your word and by your spirit for our salvation and for the sake of your name. In the name of Christ, amen. The first way in which Christ shepherds us is by caring for us. We see here that because he is shepherding us, David says, we shall not be in want. He is even now caring for us, interceding on behalf as our great high priest, calling out to his father for all the things that we need. So often I think we find ourselves in need or in perhaps want. Some of us want a new job or at least a better boss. Some of us just want to put gas in the tank. Some of us 
just need a minute, if I can quote you maybe this week, I just need a minute. We want lower gas prices. We need healing from sickness. Some of you just need something to go your way just like one time. And we may be tempted in our need and in our want to think that God is far off. That he has left us. That he is unconcerned or disillusioned with our condition. And that is not true. Here we see something rather different. He supplies all of our needs. God is willing to condescend to us. He starts out at the very beginning, the Lord being our shepherd, shepherding, not that I've done it, but by what it looks like, is not a very glamorous position. It is the job that only those who are unable to do anything else would go and do at the time. It is not glamorous. It is not clean. It is not profitable. And yet God is willing to stoop so low out of care for us to identify himself as our shepherd. Calvin here says, Under the similitude of a shepherd, he commends the care which God in his providence has exercised towards him. His language implies that God had no less care for him than a shepherd has of the sheep who are committed to his charge. God in the scripture frequently takes to himself the name and puts on the character of a shepherd, and this is no small token of his tender love towards us. As this is a lowly and homely manner of speaking, he does not disdain to stoop so low for our sake. He cares for us by condescending to us, but he also cares for us by making us lie down in green pastures, leading us beside still waters, these verbs here, making us lie down, are, are interesting. They carry with them the idea that we will either lay down in green pastures or the Lord will lay us down in green pastures. He will give us rest. He will cause us to rest. He does this graciously. He gives us our needs, the green pastures where we can graze, the still safe waters where we can drink. The Lord takes care of his sheep. And he brings us to a place where we can safely rest. He comforts and cares for us. He gives us rest. There have been times, even in the last week, uh, where I get home from a long day of work and driving, and I lay down at night, and it is the most amazing experience I have ever had. We got married recently, and we got a new bed right before we got married, and it's this big king bed. And just the way that I get to just like just lay down and just let just let the day go. I often say, "This bed, I love this bed." We have this need for rest, and God is gracious to give it to us, or. You want to talk about thirst, and you're like me. I grew up in East. Well, I grew up in Southwest Arkansas. Grew up in Texarkana, which means I had to endure that soul-crushing East Texas humidity when playing football. And if you've never felt that just tight cotton mouth feel, and then the first taste of water, it is the most refreshing, soul, just nourishing thing that you can 
feel. This is the same care that Christ gives us. He provides what we need. But not just this. He goes and brings us back to himself. This is what is meant here by him restoring our souls. The word for restore here is the same word often used for repent or to turn. So restore is a little off. Rather, what we should see here is the good shepherd cares enough for his sheep that when they scatter, when they wander, he goes and gets them. He goes and restores us to himself. He delights to bring us, as our confession says, from a state of sin and misery to a state of salvation. There is no greater way in which he can care for us but to die for us. He himself said in John 10, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. But he continues to do this. There's not a one-time action. When we wander away and lose ourselves in the wilderness, he does not begrudgingly save us. He does not deal with our sins in a disappointed, angry fashion when we come back to him. He does not gripe at us for once again needing his mercy. He goes again and again to restore us back to his green pastures and still waters. He goes again to care for us. Loving us the same. But second, we see that Christ shepherds us by leading us in paths of righteousness. Notice here that we do not walk and tread these paths of righteousness alone. Christ does not bring us to his pastures and waters, saving us, and then send us out on our own in order to figure out how we must then live as his good sheep. I think so many times we forget this. We are fine with justification being an act of God and his free grace that he totally does himself. We, we like that part. Yeah, Jesus, we need you to come and save us. But, but I think oftentimes we think that we're just little holy wind-up toys. That God saves and winds us up. That God just merely needs to breathe life into us and justify us and, and let us find the path on our own. We come to the Christian life as if we walk the path of righteousness alone, that we figure it out. But we don't graduate from grace. He does not send us out from himself so that we can be more like him. That doesn't make sense. Rather, he leads us in these paths. Which means two things, I think, for us. First, that our growth in the Christian life is dependent on God. Our confession calls sanctification a work of God's free grace. We're renewing us. After God's image, we're able to more and more die into sin and live into the righteousness. That doesn't happen without the work of God's free grace. It is dependent on God working. And while this may seem a little scary, it's actually the best news that I have for you this morning. Because the second thing we should take away from this is that because the Lord leads us down these paths of righteousness, he will bring us all the way. 
There are no short end of the stick salvations where God really justifies us but does not then sanctify us or glorify us. He will lead us in these paths of righteousness. God does not justify us by faith without the insurance that we will persevere to the end. And as the hymn says, all the way my Savior leads me. But we should also notice that he does this for his name's sake. Not because we've earned it. Not because he, we've, we've made him happy and so therefore he leads us there. Not because we're good, but rather because he is good. What we see is that when God does something for his namesake, he does it fully, completely. Not because of who we are, but rather because of who God is. Third, Christ shepherds us by defending us. David writes in verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You're with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. And this is the part I think we all know. It sticks out. I think it's the part we may so often fear. The, this valley of the shadow of death, it's not just literal death or being on the edge of dying, though I think that's part of it. It is the worst possible scenario that you can imagine. It is the rock bottom. It is the loss of the job and you not knowing how the bills are going to get paid. It is the doctor calling you back and saying the options are limited at best. It is um, sometimes the death of a parent or sibling or a loved one or a friend. It is all of the bad things we could ever imagine. It is you at the end of your rope and we don't want to walk that path I get that and maybe we come to this part and we believe that the deepest dark valley is as if we've gotten off on the wrong exit somehow that we've left the path of righteousness and, and wandered off on our own but that's not what the text says Rather, what we see is that part of walking the path of righteousness is walking through the valley. This is intense because what I'm telling you is that all these hard moments, all of the pain and heartache, all of the uncertainty was not the place where God stopped leading you. Rather, it is the exact place where you were supposed to be, which means in the days or months or years of grief and hardship and pain, when we cry out to God in our anger or our sadness or fear, he is not silent and he is not far. He is not too far away that he does not care for us, whether we fear no evil, because he leads us there. The, the you are with me is him going before us. It's not that he found us in these dark valleys. He was there first. He took us there. So then we can have hope. We take heart. 
David goes on to say that the rod and staff of the Lord are a comfort to him. Now, oftentimes, the way this gets applied and preached is that the rod is, is for our discipline and the staff is for our rescue. That when we are in the deep valleys, God will discipline us with the rod, even sometimes, as I hear some preachers say, breaking our legs so we may learn to stay near him and not to wander off. And that while it may seem momentarily painful for God to discipline us, the rod and staff are an odd but necessary comfort. And maybe, maybe that's the case, but I don't think it is. And here's why. If I'm being really honest, the discipline of the Lord, while I get it, is not by definition comfortable. The good shepherd loves his sheep. He is patient with them. He goes and gets them. But he also defends them. You'll remember that David, when talking about Goliath, tells the story of the bear and the lion, which he killed, defending his sheep. The rod was a club, yes, clearly. But it's not so much for discipline, but for protection. It's not for the shepherd to crack legs of the sheep. Jesus himself tells us that the hired hand who doesn't own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep to flee. The one who doesn't care for his sheep leaves them to be scattered. What we can also see from Leviticus 27 is that passing under the rod, as is laid out, was the way in which the shepherd acknowledged which sheep are his. Jesus again in John 10 says, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought it all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So my point is, it is not about discipline. It is about defense. The rod and staff of the good shepherd it's not about Jesus coming over to us when we wander and snapping our legs so that we limp and learn to stay near. The rod is a comfort to us because with it, God declares us his. And with it, he defends us from Satan and from even ourselves, our own sin and wickedness in our hearts. He defends us with it. It is a comfort for us because the Lord is declaring us as his. He is putting his name on us. This is what uh, we so often call adoption. That God puts his name on us. It's a comfort because if we are his, we are his forever. Christ again, John 10. That no one will snatch us out of the Father's hand. It is not for beating us into submission. But it comforts me because Christ uses it to defend me from wolves and bears. He subdues us to himself rules, and defends us. We see finally the fourth way in which God shepherds us is that he fellowships with us. David speaks out of the table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. The Lord welcomes us into fellowship. He brings us in, counts us as friends at his banquet table. He dines with us. 
in, in uh, that time, the honored guest had oil poured on their head. So, so he, he welcomes us in. And maybe I'm just a strong sacramentalist, but I strongly believe we can draw a clear line from this table to this table. That when we come to the table, we're saying a lot of things, and God is saying a lot of things to us. But one of the strongest things he is declaring to us every time we eat of him and drink of him is, you are welcome here. This is Christ for you. It is the declaration that you are united to Christ by faith alone and that he delights in you. That he cares for you. That you are not just a guest, but the honored guest at his table where he feeds us. The conclusion of this psalm is the summary of the Christian life how we should look and see the Lord's shepherding work. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. First, the word mercy here is actually chesed. There's your Hebrew lesson for the day. And mercy is weak. I, I love our translation, but mercy is, is just a snippet. It's just a taste. It's not enough. It's Chesed is... It's God's covenant faithfulness. It's all of the good things about God loving us and caring for us kind of wrapped up. And the word for follow here, it's, it's more of, it's, it's a follow, yes, but, but to be chased down, to be pursued, to be um, hunted down. So if we were to read this literally, surely the goodness and unchanging covenant love of God will chase me down and pursue me forever. That is the Christian life. That God's unending mercy, that his unending faithfulness to us always pursues us. That he never leaves us. That he always leads us. That he delights in us to the point that Christ is more than willing to die for us. And he brings us into his house forever. So then to close this morning, I'm going to do this very simply. I just want to reread this psalm so that you can hear it one more time. But I'm going to read it slowly. I may change up some of the translation here because I'm going to read it how I translated it in study. So don't think I'm being crazy. But I want you to hear it just one more time. And to hear how God shepherds us. Jehovah is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He repents and returns my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I'm led through the valley of the shadow of death, 
the dark valley, I will fear no evil, for you go before me. Your rod and your staff defend me and comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm delighted in as your guest, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your unchanging covenant love will chase me down all the days of my life. And I shall be saved in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are shepherded by you. That you care for us. That you restore us and lead us in your righteous ways. That you defend us. And that you fellowship with us. Lead us now into this week. Let's call these things in your son's name. Amen.